Fools they are said, oceans painted red When the soldiers of fortune have a pirate No questions asked, we fulfill our task Tones all turn grey after sunset Slaying a man, taking what you can What is right, what is wrong, who can answer? Sailing the seas, we do just what we please Emperor's pirates all capture Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Anatomical Precision, a Guild Ball podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike the Dog Klein, and I'm here with... And I'm Jared McGraw. And I'm Chris Schlegel. Excellent. So we are back for a second episode um, after our first one. We definitely appreciate the feedback that we received. Definitely a lot of great positive feedback as well as some good constructive criticism we definitely heard received and will make any efforts to to adjust to all the great feedback that people gave us some of the big ones um obviously audio recording wise we're you know still working out the kinks but hopefully it'll be better this time my dog locked in another room so Hopefully that will muffle any barking. It's also later for me this time, so she's probably asleep. In addition, there was a little bit of talk about this idea of secret tech and not like talking about something and then not sharing the details of it. We will make all efforts to to not do that in the future. That said, as I said many a time to those who have brought it up, the truth for the most part, at least for me, of my secret tech is that I don't have any secret tech. It's usually like just hoping that opponents will make mistakes and I will make less mistakes. And that's like specifically with the Mason's mirror. That's what I was telling everybody. Like that's, that is the secret tech. Other people mess it up and then hopefully I mess it up less. So thus I win. But yeah, in general, I I didn't really have any specific (laughs) secret tech, but I didn't go into the lucky yo-yo quite as much as I wanted to and uh, because somebody asked about it. And basically it's trying to buff up Lucky with enough boosts to uh, jump him into the lines and kill a guy. Then use raise the stakes and second win to get back into your own line to retreat to safety basically. And I've only tested it out once and it was against Morticians, a local player named Aaron. And it didn't go too well but I think that's based on the fact that it was a control based team like Morticians. Mm-hmm. And you were using Brewers? Yeah, I was using Brewers with um, Esters and Quaff. All right. So, yeah. And in general, though, we will we will definitely make any uh, efforts to, to be up front with all of our crazy hot secret strategies that we totally definitely have and aren't just bullshitting, for sure. And if we don't, please do call us out on it again. We definitely are pretty back. So thank you, everybody. And continue giving us feedback as we go along because unlike certain other podcasts we are not attempting to be to like set the bar as low as possible so you know (laughs) shots fired already (laughs) no no you know what that is every single other guilt ball podcast with i think one or two exceptions for some of the newer ones but i mean like i'm not gonna you know single doubt uh double dodge strictly the worst they're all it's always a race to how much they can say how bad they are like, you know, like in terms of like professionalism and recording quality and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I think it's like a point of pride to have the the worst skill ball 
podcast at this point. I, I really think that's the competition. In fact, that should be like the podcast wars when it comes to SteamCon, which podcast is <laughs> the worst. So, yeah, so we could see maybe there could be like some kind of voting. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Something at SteamCon. There you go. Anyway, so moving on, our topics for this evening, we are really going to focus on one topic and this is going to be something of a series that we may do not necessarily promising every episode that we will touch on this but a kind of a in-depth how to deal with a faction or a game plan or a captain etc or a player that is in vogue in the in the meta so to say in the guild ball community in the competitive community like what like really diving into like what about it makes it challenging what's their plan to victory and how do you counter that from various different guild perspectives now we each have our own guilds that we play more frequently so we'll primarily speak to the guilds that we have more experience with but we'll try to give a little something to all of the guilds um, for whatever information we can provide and then also a little bit of more like general tactics uh counter tactics so that so we will be starting that this week, but before we get to that real quickly, let's jump into just a quick update on any upcoming games, uh, tournaments, exciting things that we have. Uh, so guys, any, any, what's coming up on the plate for Jared or Chris? Uh, well, this weekend, uh, as for, I imagine, both of you, I will be going to the uh, Veterans Day Guild Ball Tournament out in Virginia, hosted by Bill Anderson, and that's going to be a great old time. I think I'm taking fish. Awesome. And what made you come to that decision? Uh, I have the most experience with fish. I've been playing them since, like, February of 2016 when I started this game, so I figure... I will mess up less with them. Excellent. Um, I'll... Solid strategy. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jared. Jared, are you, uh, you got any events coming yeah, up? Yeah, I plan on uh, going to that? the Veterans Day cool. tournament as well, uh, playing Morticians, and um, it's just the only team I'm interested in playing, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I've changed my lineup a bit, um, took out Miss and Scalpel. I'm experimenting with Avarice and Greed and Bonesaw, uh, so one captain, one mascot, uh, with a little bit more versatility, so we'll see how oh, that goes. Interesting, right. interesting. Have you, have it, how have you been finding it so far? I like it, uh, mostly for the Corsair matchup that we'll talk about later. So, <laughs> uh, to me, uh, the <laughs> thing I concentrate on, especially here recently, is how do you beat Corsair and how do you beat Thresher? So, um, those are probably the two things I look at primarily when I'm filling out my roster of 10. Uh, not that we'll see Thresher at this tournament, but um, just in general. Uh, what about you, Mike? Excellent. What are you going to bring? Well, I will, also, I will also be at the Veterans Day Guild Ball Bash coming up at probably at the time you hear this podcast within the day or so hopefully maybe the same day uh if you do hear it before the event you should still go there's still plenty of space to sign up bill runs excellent events i will be bringing masons i decided to play masons i actually had a and i'll very briefly without going in because i need to give a couple of shout outs i played in a semi-local tournament i'd say a local tournament down in south new jersey at top deck games lat this past weekend and i there would actually there had actually been two tournaments one out 
uh, about an hour away from me uh, on Long Island. And then this one, you know, this one in South Jersey was about like an hour and 45 minutes away, which for me is not too much of a, neither one being too much of a, of a trip. And I know, you know, I know both communities, but they both had on their attending list about the same number of players initially. So myself and one of my most uh, local players, Richard Pacifico, we're deciding which tournament to go to, and uh, we were initially going to go to Long Island, but uh, I got convinced, I had convinced some of the, or I had heard word that some of the Liberty, the Philly guys would be coming out to the event, so, you know, I always appreciate the chance to hang out with them, they're great guys, so I, uh, you know, once I heard that Mike Mack and uh, Alex Cooper were going. I was, you know, I was there. Turns out the instead of the like seven or maybe eight people that we were expecting to have for the event, nineteen or twenty people showed up. So yeah, a lot of super late registrations. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Well, or just people who just decided to show up. Yeah, just like oh, I just came today, which was awesome. We ended up having a four round event instead of a five round event which we technically should have had because there was just, they didn't expect it to be going for so long. So there was a uh, other events that were scheduled for afterwards, but it was still, it was still a great time. I, let me see the shout outs. I had to give a shout outs to Mike Mack for being an awesome dude as always. Uh, and Alex Cooper for the same. Uh, the Philly guys are always, they're always fun to hang out with. Um, even if I don't get to play them particularly uh, often also shout out to Russ, for running the event he he was very upset that he had not been on the first episode of the podcast despite not actually knowing that we were podcasting until after the episode (laughs) released so i said i'd give him a shout out in exchange for actually posting the event onto longshanks as opposed to tiebreak which i don't know if he actually ever did but we fixed it because tiebreak was a disaster and like the rounds were messed up and people's names were not correct but yeah all that kind of stuff so use longshank people it's better speaking of using (laughs) longshanks i actually just ran my first tournament uh two weeks ago i think and um ended up running using longshanks it was super smooth uh had seven players turn out and got let's see top uh the winner was a local named uh, zach he's a he's a local hunter player here and it was top table zach versus my friend aaron who plays mortician so that was a nice little mix-up and i was uh i was happy how smooth Longshanks really ran that event awesome yeah, so definitely give that a look out. Now that it's the ranking system, it makes sense. Just integrate. You can run your events directly on there. The only reason tiebreak was used was because that's how it historically was done when Steamforge was like directly sh- sanctioning events. and all. But now there's no restriction, so use whatever system is best, which is not tiebreak. So yeah, so we had that big 1920-something uh, person tournament. It was really awesome. Lots of great players there. I ended up pulling it out, although I didn't actually have to uh, get a rematch against Frank K, who was also undefeated, but I had the higher uh, strength of schedule, so we definitely owe each other another game. I think, and he'll feel sorry, Frank, you know, correct me if uh, I'm wrong, I think he said last time it was, it was like three to one me in our, uh, in our 
like rivalry. I could be wrong on that, so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But it was so, it was something like that. So he's definitely due for a, a good uh, a good spanking of me. So um, hopefully we'll get a chance to play again soon. But yeah, it was a great time. I brought Masons because I realized I was looking over like my games played this year. And I was like, I've played Masons a bunch, and I've been doing well with them, and they're fun, and they're versatile, and why go back? I mean, I love to jump uh, around guilds and stuff like that, and I definitely still will continue so, but, um, you know, I figured it was it was time to kind of put the practice in and, like, actually stick with something. So, yeah, so I played Masons, and they were fantastic. I got my, actually, my first games in with Vet Harmony, who I didn't own prior to prior to a couple weeks ago and she was she was really good i don't rate her as highly as some other people do especially post listening to the germans i think she is really good i don't think she is necessary in every lineup but she is really good in certain ones actually specifically into morticians if you're gonna play hammer i in the final round I played against uh, a great guy, Brian uh, Cortez, who loves his morticians, loves Cossett, plays like plays her in every game, plays Casket, loves to do Casket time. And he like went all in, like when I said all in, like all, all in on the kill hammer, bottom of one or top of two or, you know, and he had brought Silence, he had brought Casket, he had brought, you know, Cossett, everything. He like, he didn't even want to score goals. He literally just wanted to put it and put hammer in the box or or kill him and he was not familiar with that harmony so he goes to do all that and i shunt off a bunch of cosset's damage you know after he had already shut out hammer and dragged him in and started doing damage to him he's like wait what what <laughs> he's not dead and then uh you know hammer goes and kills cosset bottom of one and then i think hammer got me 11 points in that game Oof, talk about carrying the I, team yeah i think 11 points the only reason he didn't get me 12 is because i killed the bird with somebody else um <laughs> f- the like i killed the bird twice and one time was with hammer and one time was with somebody else just because you know hammer couldn't be absolutes but uh but yeah uh, i mean vet harmony was a huge part of that like <laughs> tanking so much damage it's it's much harder to cast a time when a model has 27 uh, 28 hit points rather than 18 especially with tough eye. right so i got a lot of use out of the the uh healing aura which was pretty um so yeah that was that was a recent game uh do you guys have any other recent games that were interesting that you guys played or just upcoming stuff uh, go ahead no i've uh, actually haven't played in a while since that lucky test that i did which was at that tournament so you can take it away I uh, played a couple of interesting games on Vassal. Uh, one in particular against Steve Easton. He wanted to play into Thresher, so I practiced a bit doing a typical Thresher lineup of, uh, you know, Millstone and um, taking advantage of Tater and whoever gives tooled up and the other um, Jack Straw. And um, it, was, it actually beat him, so I think he's a little worried about Thresher now. He uh, tried to use Shark into Thresher and found out that probably wasn't a good idea. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I think it messed with his head a bit because he's wanting to get ready for SteamCon UK, uh, which I guess is weekend after this one. And I believe that is I believe there's a chance that the uh, the final six box could be released for that event. So there's a possibility that he could run into that lineup. Um, so I don't know. It was uh, to me. I thought Shark would have been the pick if you were playing Fish into Thresher, but now I'm not so sure uh, with that 
Yeah, that kind of gets in my head too. That was my go-to plan. Yeah, uh, the fact he's got the three I, tree, I think Shark. Um, really, he can utilize that and kind of kill whoever he wants. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of scary at times. <laughs> yeah, I think with that, I would, I would, I mean, I like the idea. Like the going for the goals definitely sounds good. But I, I mean, I think Corsair actually has a lot of game into. Um, or we we talked about this at length on uh, on Discord, but. I, I think Corsair may still be, I mean, the choice there. Because one thing Thresher really doesn't like is not being in position. Like, in the position he wants where he's covered by Countercharge and Millstone's uh, aura. So, yeah, I feel like that may be quite bad. But I, def- I, I think there's a game for sure. Yeah, it's the crazy thing about Thresher. I'd never really utilized him before. And just to be able to, um, for example, I was able to put a lot of damage on Shark uh, turn one. And then... Then uh, at one point, Easton um, had crowded him out a bit, and we were about even on the momentum rates. And then top of turn two, I just pop out his legendary, uh, knock down two or three characters, uh, beat the shit out of Siren a little bit, and then just ran right back to the scrum and then set myself up for some takeouts. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So, <laughs> scary. Definitely, definitely. And we'll definitely do a, f- a Farmer's episode as other uh, podcasts have been done but i think we all need a little bit more time i've played in the farmers and i definitely like i think range is an awesome captain but i definitely have ideas like and i'm not uh, i think you know they're a, a good team but nothing that i'm particularly concerned about obviously thresher is a very powerful captain and he's very powerful because he is does a ton of damage and does it quite reliably and does it without a ton of interaction so those set up for a lot of uh potential negative play experiences if you're not prepared to deal with it so i definitely think i want more games that are not just, I, I want games i actually haven't had any games in the thresher so i want games in the thresher to see how it actually plays out but we'll definitely talk more about that when it comes when we've gotten some of that experience so with that i think uh we can jump right into go our main ahead. topic yeah go ahead and talk about anti-piracy <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, if you may have heard in the, depending on how lazy I am with the introduction to this, we are talking about hunting um, some pirates today. We're talking about Corsair. Corsair has been kind of a staple of the of the fish and has risen to much provi- pro- prominence over the last, I'd say, what is it, year, about a little over a year, because I know I played him at Gen Con 2016 and used him to quite good effect, uh, effect. and he was he wasn't like unknown he definitely was considered good but he, I don't think he was considered I mean that was before Vet Siren was even released so I mean I think he's been great since release uh but yeah he wasn't as well known back then I guess but at the same time I don't think the power structure of the game has was that well known at that time that's true Definitely. Um, and there was also other things such as Obulus and, and whatnot and Filet and what at that time because yeah. that was season two. That said, so he's been a very powerful captain and has, you know, been kind of one of the major reasons with the exception of like right at the start of season three when all the gold scoring teams were like in vogue that fish have been doing so well. And the data does back that up. They have one of the highest win rates and even post errata, so post siren changes fish still have one of the higher win rates and it has changed very little 
since the errata so that kind of tells us that corsair is still really good and does a lot of stuff so what we kind of want to do is kind of give an overview of what corsair's game plan is what he wants to do what are the things you have to look out for and then how do you deal with that so like let's start off what chris since i know you have been big on shark but i i am assuming that you've played some corsair games as well correct uh, yeah yeah uh actually i didn't even be big on uh shark until uh the fall brawl last year so shark's okay. been my main man for a while okay well by all means throw this back off i can go and do some corsair talk but do you want to maybe talk through like what is the ideal progression of the game or like game plan for corsair like how does he want to see a game progress and go forth so i think um corsair's game plan leans towards a 2-2 but depending on his opponent can even flex and do a 4-1 or 3-0 game and really what uh, to me uh, what i'm aiming to do is pull somebody in first turn using either him or kraken and with the threat extension of hag now to start beating them up gain a crap ton of momentum and score goals all the while so you're kind of working in two different directions at once you've got your beating core corsair and either avarice and greed gutter kraken um to do all your damage in the center of the field but backwards maybe four inches onto the fish side and while your grayscales and siren are going off the wings and scoring as many goals as possible Mm -hmm. so like bringing i'm gonna bring it a little bit higher level in terms of like more generally Um, so it sounds like what you're saying and i i mean i agree with you on this is and jared feel free to jump in and respond to this that corsair's game plan is to create an imbalance and start a fight on his terms and kind of leverage that like as a lever into either future takeouts because you're forced to send in models to try to you know save your model or to you know get back into the game and he's you know he's able to isolate them and take them out or you know get the advantage of the ball because of the fact that you know he starts getting all this momentum he's able to push forward and project threat onto the ball or you're forced to overextend and come fight him or come get the ball from him Uh, and he kind of leverages that like early advantage he gets from bringing someone and isolating them and potentially taking them out or minimizing their impact into kind of a like a steamroll of either goals or takeouts or some sort of combination yeah yeah, that sounds like a pretty good uh, description. Go ahead. I think the advantage he has is is the ability to ignore a tackle and knockdown and then have multiple models that can reposition enemy models. So he sets up the scrum uh, to where he has an advantage, whether it be um, from attrition or uh, you know just being able to farm momentum. Um, I've seen him used in multiple ways uh, with regular siren, vet siren, um, the ability to get a lore um, you know, and also to have a drag, and then if you want to use Kraken, you've got another drag, or maybe Gutter, uh, getting um, uh, getting it off the playbook, uh, and also his ability to knock down a model for you can get higher up on your playbook uh, to take advantage of a seduce, uh, something like that. So I feel like he kind of picks and chooses his own battles, and then he can hide the ball either on himself or tentacles to kind of set up the scrum uh, the way he wants to. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got. I think if you're to talk about it really like abstractly, it's that he's not necessarily good at just raw damage. It's the fact that 
he he is a fish through and through in that he has so much repositioning power and ability to dictate positioning that he's almost always in a favorable fight because he singles out one of your models, not the play, but singling them out, um, and surrounds them with his other people. So I think... That brings me on to probably the first uh, strategy I would say going into countering Corsairs is to just throw more than he can chew because he's not good at spreading damage at all. Can we? Oh, I I want to I want to touch on that. So we're gonna hold that for a second because oh, okay. I want to go into a a couple of more specific things about him, and then yeah, that's okay. gonna be. I mean, we're on the same page there with uh, with tactics against him. So we talked, like, in general about what he's doing, creating an imbalance, repositioning, isolating models, getting getting that advantage. Um, this kind of leads into what you were saying. But so, like, some of the things to... Specific things to watch out for Corsair, with Corsair is... One, like, the team is very flexible, as Jared was mentioning. Like, there can be Siren, uh, original Siren and him, so that you have the lore on top of the drag. So for, you know, basically almost unlimited range drags and lures to repositions of your models um, and multiple different types too. So if you put a model in front of your model, you can get that model lured off and then the other one drag, stuff like that. Um, So there's a lot of repositioning power. There's also hag who brings a lot of dodging power to extend the threat range and i think people you know don't always respect the fact that corsair's threat range is basically the longest in the game in terms of like bringing a model in you have longer ranged plays but being able to go on a a turn four inches from dodges from hag followed by six inches sprint followed by a six inch that's a 16 inch pseudo melee uh threat range obviously he has to drag you and that's not the ideal situation for him but like just just like to respect how long that threat range is so like if corsair wants to bring you in he can bring you in in terms of like being far away like being using distance as a as something to stop it is potentially doable or you can make it to the point where it's not efficient for him to go and do it uh that said like there's you need to do other things to to uh mitigate that threat some of the other things that you had mentioned up so there's multiple different types of lists and you have like siren one who brings a lot of ball pressure and extra lore threat you have siren two who brings the you know even within her reduced state brings that like super impossible to break ball scrum style where it it's just really hard to get anything done. You have Kraken if you want to bring super, uh, like a ton of extra reposition. You also have Avarice and Greed, which if people aren't aware, Avarice and Greed, you know, do a ton of damage with their rework and none of their dam- like none of the guilt, the stuff that fish do in guilt like is guild only effects really because they don't have buffs in the same way and rather they apply debuffs in terms of like uh gang ups and knockdowns and whatnot and minus defense etc so avarice and greed or weak point etc so avarice and greed can get a lot of benefit from from the team without like the drawbacks of so that's really another like a big damage point that even that even corsair doesn't have so all these different things are things that you need to watch out for with the team on top of the fact that they're still fish and they can still score 
And if you're playing a ball control team, he can basically, I mean, he could give everybody close control, but he also has close control and sturdy, as well as his mascot having close control and all the, and, you know, and being able to also put it on a two inch unpredictable model. There's a lot of ball killing that can be done uh, with Corsair as well. So that's another lookout. So with that, I've been chatting for a while. Chris, you want to get back on to what was your strategy to, uh, what was your first strategy to deal with general strategy? So, so, yeah, so um, the first one really is, so his strength in melee comes off through his ability to reposition, as I said, and that comes through in a way where he doesn't want a ton of people in the same fight with, unless they're fish. Um, and so his uh, tough hide starts to mean less when you're getting more attacks and more uh, higher damaging attacks. Um, so really there is like kind of a limit to what he can choose. The strategy of just throwing so much it threats into you know his range that he can't deal with at all. Because like you said, while he does... I mean, he brings very reliable momentum generation and very reliable damage, but he doesn't bring a super high-end damage unless he's rapping like crazy, which... And even then, against tough hide models, like, he's still not bringing damage. So he kills, and he kills pretty reliably, but not pretty quickly. So by throwing a bunch of things in there, you can have a model that's taking a bunch of damage, but the rest of your models are also getting work done, and you are not you know slowly bleeding losing. yeah you just definitely cannot feed him piecemeal yeah that's exactly what he wants i mean because that's that's the whole point of the drag is to piecemeal your your killed into him jared any thoughts on uh general general strategies that you have found non-guilt specific strategies that you have found to be effective into corsair was that for uh Let's see, um, on first turn, uh, if you you want to try and utilize the terrain and other models to your advantage, I'm sure uh, Jared can go into that. Yeah, I'll talk about that a bit. Um, like for me in particular, uh, going up against Corsair, I like to use a high defense model as a uh, what I would call a drag blocker. Um, so for instance, I usually use uh, Brain Pan and Memory and Dirge. Uh, so I'll use Dirge as a drag blocker and also Memory. And Memory is really useful for that uh, just because of the ability uh, to do a two-inch dodge anytime you have a mortician activation. Uh, so a lot of times if um, I'm trying to take advantage of using Cosset or even to keep Obulus away, I might plant Dirge uh, maybe like an inch or two ahead of Obulus or also have Memory kind of dodging around in front of Cosset or using something like an obstruction. Because uh, the thing with drag or lore is it has to be directly towards so you can't really get around a blocker and that's why I call them drag blockers and the fact that their defense five is also useful as well um, so that's kind of one of the ways that um, I set up the uh, pre-scrum situation uh, especially with morticians and that I also have some reposition models but it's kind of a game of uh, hit and miss and waiting to see who can get it first on uh, setting up the scrum. Like for instance, I played a game on Vassal against uh, Martin, I believe his last name is Koch. He's one of the uh, really good German players that played for WTC and he loves Corsair. And uh, during our match, um, I had set up uh, Memory as a blocker for Cosset and Dirge as a blocker for Avarice. And um, so we were kind of playing that situation where we're in the middle of the pitch and kind of trying to take advantage of Puppet Master lore, drag in his lore. And uh, eventually I was able to, um, he got impatient, went with Siren and tried to lure, I can't remember, it was one of my models. 
uh, was unsuccessful, and then I beat the shit out of Siren, and it just kind of went downhill from there. Um, and that's another way I think you can counter uh, Corsair. Is uh, sometimes it's the uh, the role players, uh, people like Siren, Hag. Um, if you can kind of get them out of the way where they're not quite as effective, or put the fear in the opponent to where they feel like they might lose that model. They're probably not using that model to its full effectiveness. And um, I think that's what makes Corsair super scary and kind of puts him in overdrive is when people are utilizing the hags, the sirens, um, you know, those role-playing models that really just kind of take it to the extreme. So Excellent. Yeah. I think um, uh, for the drag blockers, uh, as you were saying, uh, yeah, Dirge and Memory are great targets because even like on a defense five, you're rolling 50% as Corsair to drag or uh, 50% to lure with uh, Siren, and they don't give you many points if you do take them out, and in Memory's case, they give you none, so mascots are great for that. And um, also you have the terrain to also serve as a uh, blocker since you can't push over, say, an obstacle. Yeah, it's a little finicky mm-hmm, and time-consuming, but to me uh, it's worth it. And uh, I guess I'm kind of that kind of player anyways, and the fact that I do love morticians, and probably why I despise Corsair so much is that I love control, and I hate giving up control. So <laughs> when I see that guy across <laughs> the pitch, it makes me a little nervous because I don't like not being in control. <laughs> and um, I do feel like he's somebody that's probably more of a control piece, uh, more than uh, maybe like a fillet or someone like that that just like rips people's heads off he he's got a thought process to him and um, if you run into someone uh, like frank who you'd mentioned earlier that's really skilled and kind of understands that process it can be a scary situation Mm -hmm. one of the things that i think is also really effective with him kind of touches on um on the throw everything at at him kind of plan but um being able to one of the big things for corsair when i back when i played corsair i played a much more uh goal scorey um in general although not always i did have a six zero game against uh filet one set gen con but um that said generally my game plan was more mixed and he does have especially if he takes a team such as uh one that has both sakana and grayscales on um or sakana grayscales and jack that kind of team there's a lot and siren etc um there's a lot of ball threat as well as a decent amount of takeout threat um so one of the things i think is important is to really threaten corsair um to the point and and the scrum to the point where um there's really not a good opportunity to go after the ball or if he goes after ball he is committing a hundred percent to like a a two two at best or three zero game plan like one where he has to the corsair player has to basically give up the fight in order to like have a realistic ch- or like a chance to go after the ball so you know with his rough seas which is low tackle and the tackles on the team that are good and all the ball control uh that they do have and threat uh you know ball pressure that they do have i i feel like it's a it's important to kill the ball as necessary but also put so much pressure on actually like killing and fighting um corsair if that's something that your team is able to do that you are able to bring the ball into play where you make it a choice that like okay you can rough seize the ball off me with corsair um but you're then doing that and getting you know three four attacks at most and that's your that's a six stack um and i've already killed the player 
and now I'm going to threaten to kill Corsair, and, you know, yeah, you'll get a goal out of it, but I also got four points, and now I have the control of the board, and now I can get the snapback goal and all that kind of stuff. So really putting threat on him so that he can't both control the fight and isolate your players and take them out, and then also have that uh, really strong goal threat that's, like, simultaneously putting pressure on you so you have to kind of take it to him i think that kind of fits the theme of the strategy and uh, tell me if that makes sense to you guys because that was like super abstract uh and it kind of just came out of my head but it's kind of the way that i approach playing against him yeah it makes sense to me it's the whole reason i changed my 10 so (laughs) there you go man (laughs) there you go so uh since you mentioned it earlier what was the uh What's the inclusion of Bonesaw about? Um, well, I lost Mist, and um, I feel like there's certain opportunities to where I would take advantage of Bonesaw in the certain matchups if I had an E-slider. Uh, I just like the fact that he's a model that can score from the goal line. You don't have to dodge him forward uh, if you take advantage of his ability. And I know a lot of people feel that's a risky uh, prospect, uh, but I do use Silence a lot. And uh, I would have Silence within Dirge's aura to make him a 4-7. And having, a, you know, pass it to silence and then back uh, to him is a little less risky and just uh, play testing him a bit. I find him especially like into teams like blacksmiths. Um, if he gets a charge, uh, just being able to hit that um, all that uh, oh, what is that crazy play? Unexpected where he, arrival. Yeah, unexpected arrival um, is just amazing. Uh, it just repositions the whole scrum, their whole game plan. And then even if you don't charge, you can sprint and get a free uh, re-kick if you put four influence on him. And I kind of like that aspect as well. Uh, the only times I probably wouldn't bring him is if they utilize a goalkeeper like Compound or uh, you know somebody like that. Then he probably isn't going to be quite as effective. Uh, but the only times I kind of utilize it is when I'm looking for that turn one goal, and then I kind of use him as a battery for the rest of the game. I might have him knee slider behind the forest or something, and just kind of hang out and you know be a five-zero defense and a pain in the ass. So. Uh, he's not the best model in the game. He's super situational, but I kind of felt like uh, that's the reason I wanted to drop Scalpel to have a little bit more flexibility because uh, I love Casket. Uh, I love Silence. I didn't really want to give those guys up. And in order for me to play two captains, I would have had to given up uh, probably Silence. And uh, just to talk a little bit more about some of my Corsair counter tech or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, so let's let's jump into uh, guild by guild. So we'll start with Mortician. Yeah, since uh, a couple of things. I'm oh, sorry. Go yeah, I was, so I want to hear, I was going to say, I want to hear your counterattack, but I just want to confirm here. Bonesaw is not your Corsair counterattack, is it? That's just, that's for other situations. What's this, the silence or? No, no, Bonesaw. Uh, bone oh, Bonesaw, no, it's just a general uh, why he's in the lineup thing. Um, I'm like most people, sure. I kind of feel like okay. he's below average, he's super situational, and I would only use him uh, different uh, for just maybe like two or three uh, different situations during a tournament. It's pretty rare that he'll see the field. <laughs> I wish he was missed. Sure. No, I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I was just, I was just confirming, I know Chris had asked uh-huh. the question, I was confirming that we it went off topic rather than that being your secret Corsair yeah. tech because I was going to um, 
uh, yell at you for that being bad. Yeah, no, that's not um, Corsair. So. <laughs> I feel like I was going to say, like, bone uh, saw into Corsair sounds just horrible. Um, so, all right, on to the actual Corsair tech. Well, uh, um, one thing I've been experimenting with in particular, and I tried this at WTC, but I didn't um, pick my lineup too well, uh, but I've been utilizing silence. Because uh, a lot of times I've noticed since uh, Siren has went to a three max influence that people have been kicking off with Corsair and I've also considered this into Thresher into where uh, receive the ball maybe kick it once or twice uh, get it to silence have silence run up uh, do a bonus time tucked on Corsair or Thresher and then pass it back and dodge outside their range and that forces the opponent to either sprint up and try a drag on someone if anyone's within 12 inches or uh, they just have to sit there and eat the influence um, so I kind of feel like it might be some useful tech situation into maybe a Thresher, a Tapper, or a Corsair kicking off. Because they're all threes and fours. Or Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, or Hammer. Yeah, maybe Hammer. Um, yeah, but I'll just kind of experiment with a bit. The problem is, is you're stuck with silence the rest of the game. And I mean, he's a, he's a nice tech piece and all, but it's that control aspect where he doesn't win you victory points. Um, but... You know, I, I kind of feel like that's why I've went with avarice and greed and cost it a little bit and that they do have that, that huge spike and uh, burst power to be able to take models off the field and uh, kind of utilizing obulus as a control piece as well. Uh, you know, and then maybe someone like a brain pan and memory who could be considered a battery or you can load them up. Uh, they're really flexible. And that's the thing I like about morticians. I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but I like their flexibility. So when I look at Corsair, um, it depends on the different situations of whether he's kicking off or uh, whether they're receiving. Um, my lineup could change depending on the multiple situations, sometimes maybe even based on where the uh, terrain is on the field. I'll, I'll look at certain things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it sounds like your uh, your Corsair tech then is actually you know what I would, I'd love for you to summarize it uh, like what is your what would you say your mortician's Corsair tech is? It sounds like you said it's silence the, is something that you consider for the top. It's to kill him. I'm going, you had, I'm going to kill him. You're going to yeah. kill him. And <laughs> are you that that's brilliantly inspired? Uh, tech when he right dies, there. I get two I, victory I, points, and then his fat ass has a hard time getting back into the scrum. And then I'll try to score twelve. It's almost I know like this kill, shit's it, like unbelievable it, for people out there. You can write that down. You get two when you kill him, <laughs> and when you get to twelve, the game's over. Look at that. If only, if only we had knew that. <laughs> Earlier on, maybe we could be as successful as you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, maybe people yeah, could, could enjoy right your, uh, your, right your. Yeah. There you go. Is it? Is it secret? But is it secret tech? Was it secret? Yeah, tech? It, it's not so secret now. So there you go. My plan is to kill on, him and then get twelve points. Yeah. Man, public, uh, really public knowledge there. Uh, I don't know how you're gonna carry on, uh, Mike. How about you? Y yeah, real quickly, I actually wanted to touch on a, a Mortician's thing, and then we'll be go a little bit more quicker through the other guilds, and I'll talk on Mason's. Um, I had played a game in a tournament against Frank, a very well, uh, very good, skilled Corsair player. Uh, this was pre-Vet Siren nerf. Um, so he was playing Corsair, Vet Siren, um, forget, uh, Sakana, um, Hag, and Amaya, what am I, and, uh, Tentacles and Corsair, is that six 
or did I say five? Sakana was probably using had Jack. Bed Siren. No, he likes to use Jack. He was using, he was use, he was using something else. I'm not. Maybe it was Jack. I don't know. Um, whatever his last model was, it was there. He was using. It. Um, and. Uh, so I was playing Morticians, and I was playing Obulus, Casa, uh, Brain Pan and Memory, um, Gast, and uh, probably Myth, some Union player, which was probably Myth, um, but maybe it was Aversen. I honestly don't remember. Point being, though, I had tried uh, to Puppet Master Corsair turn one and basically gave away obulus for free because puppet master and corsair is a horrible idea to do it i mean not don't ever do it don't ever try to do that like turn one um because he only walks four inches so i like puppet mastered him and went to attack him and then i'm like i'm kind of just on his side um so that was bad so i basically gave away my captain turn one but i then was able to regroup and do uh the exactly the strategy that chris had talked about which was feed every single player into that scrum at the same time jam gassed in there so hard jam everybody in there i even jammed Cosset in there um and then freed her up so that she can jam herself right back in again until um corsair was dead and I also used Obulus at the same time, like, while jamming himself into the scrum, also, like, dancing around the sides and going for ball pressure um, and, you know, getting some goals as well. But, like, yeah, it was all about just, like, really putting every model in. Oh, Graves. Graves was the other model. Duh. Um, so, yeah, so it was it was all about, like, just really putting all the models and not letting him uh, take advantage of, of the isolating one target and taking them out, you know, piecemeal um so yeah moving on to mason sorry if you guys have any comments on that no go about for how, it. i was gonna say you could make fun of me for how stupid i was giving away obulus um <laughs> it was pretty bad course so actually so corsair died to a, a, a ridiculously uh inspired janky play so on turn two obvious had come back on um, he, uh, I think he went through some fast ground, um, but he, point being, he was within charge range of Corsair, um, but I didn't put a ton on him because it was possible that Corsair went and tried to kill him again. I put just enough on him for him to do something, but not enough for it to be worth it for Corsair to try to run out of the scrum and, uh, and go do it. So Cosset had been engaged in the scrum at this point, um, and... He, I think he had dra- I think he dragged her in that ter- like at some point in that turn, or maybe she had charged. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he, she was tied up by Corsair and Tentacles, I believe, or maybe just Tentacles. Um, maybe a Corsair had moved out of melee to go attack somebody else. But basically, what I did, I spent the whole turn just messing around, delaying some activations, generating some momentum, doing some stuff, and waiting until he had activated. Corsair and did all the, and, you know, and had him in a spot. And I uh, confidenced the charge on tentacles uh, because I think I only had three on Obulus, so I didn't have enough for the Puppet Master um, to momentously, or to push dodge uh, tentacles out of melee so that the Cosset that had been tooled up, or even if she hadn't been tooled up, she had no influence on her, just the charge. Um, but like he had not been expecting that damage, like goes into Corsair, and like he had been crowded out several times by like Gast and Graves and Obulus, um, and 
she does like I think eleven damage to him or something. Oh, and dirge probably had flown into him as well. Um, so like yeah, like eleven damage or something to him, uh, which just made me so happy. And he was just like, because it was actually funny. He was like, okay, turns over. I was like, no, no, Casa hasn't gone. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, you know, she hasn't gone. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, she has nothing on him. She has nothing on her. I was like, yeah, but she's not engaged anymore. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a funny story. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Masons. What do we do in Masons? I actually am not worried about Corsair too much in Masons, and that's not to say that I wouldn't be worried about a good Corsair player, but, like, in general terms of the matchup, I think Masons have a lot of tools to deal with Corsair, namely Hammer. Um, yeah, and Hammer just- is just straight-up oppressive. Hammer, Hammer plus his team is actually the big thing. So I'll give some general strats uh, for more t- for Masons and then also why Hammer. So Hammer being stoic is a huge deal for Corsair, meaning that if Corsair wants to bring him in, he has to spend a minimum of four influence, five if he's not within 10 inches or doesn't get dodged up by Hag into 10 inches. And spending four influence just to pull the model in, a model that already wants to be in the fight, um isn't good the only way you can get value out of that is if you're going to be able to pull him in knock him down and uh, have him be outside of of his melee range and have no momentum or way for the hammer player to get up so it's a potential threat on turn one um but other than that like it really i mean unless i have zero momentum um it really doesn't matter particularly to, much i guess it could matter oh, you have go to ahead. look out for lore that's true you can get lord in um but here's the th- deal if you get lord in then i just go and kill like that because there's an activation in between and hammer can just go and kill siren yeah um and corsair will eventually kill him but if i've gone in and killed the model and you're gonna start like beating on hammer with corsair I also have the rest of my team to go in, and I'll win that fight. Um, so yes, I do. You do have to be careful of, of Allure, especially if like um, for some reason like Hammer had already gone, and he gets lured into a bad position, and then you know gets uh, crowded out and beaten up. But um, he wants to go in, so being brought in is pretty good for him, and he's not being uh, you know 18 tough hide just like tor- uh, 18 hit points and tough hide um, just like Corsair means that he is less vulnerable because Corsair does damage through hitting the top end of his playbook and from wrapping, both of which uh, Tough Hide is effective uh, against, specifically the wrapping. Um, he doesn't have, like, he doesn't, well, he doesn't have access to any dam- native damage buff uh, in the guild, so he, it takes him a while to get through Hammer. Um, Hammer also takes time to get through him, but not nearly as much because he has access to both Tooled Up and to um to uh, iron fist as well so he has native dam buffs that can help him shoot um corsair quicker than corsair can shoot through him in addition um i am less worried about um drags because of the fact that counter you know counter charge specifically the double counter charge bubble really makes that basically impossible for corsair to do without um i mean without like i in my opinion handing handing the hammer player the game because if he is going to go in and take a counter charge in order to get the um the uh what's it called the uh drag off i'm pretty happy about that um like counter if he gets counter charged by brick that means you know i'm getting free momentum just taking a damage or getting well or getting sturdy taken off which so probably wouldn't 
do the knockdown because I want the momentum. But, you know, hit that momentous two damage, goes down to one. You get the momentum. You knock him back. He's now at three inches away, and now he still has to go ahead and drag someone. He doesn't even get to attack Brick um, right away. So that's kind of like a horrible situation for Corsair. Um, are there ways for the Corsair player to work around that? Uh, yes. Obviously, lore is a big one. Um, and, you know, there's some other things that could be done dodging himself into range, too. That said, just having that defense is a big, goes a long way to, you know, making the threat a lot. Um, and then on top of that, just the, the armor, durability of the Masons, um, you know, having multiple tough eye models, high health models, etc., um, that can fight well in the scrum, access to single doubt and tooled up and all that stuff. Um, go towards uh, towards winning the uh, winning the scrum and winning the game. So yeah, that's Masons. Not so the big thing for Masons is though ham. In my opinion, Hammer is such a like slam into Corsair, and I think I put it down no matter what. The question is, does the the fish player then go and choose Shark? I'm not as that's not as bad as it used to be because no more gut and string making hammer super sad. Um, but I'd still rather see Corsair um, with hammer than see shark. So a little bit of a dis- decision there. But I'm confident that most of many of the fish players have been playing a lot of Corsair. So uh, likely to see that be dropped. So I guess we'll move through guild. Um, Want to do a little bit quicker? Yeah. Yeah. Quicker <laughs> touch ups because we're not. Uh, mainlining these guilds, and we'll just go in alphabetical order. Anybody got anything on alchemists? Well, according to uh, the best alchemist player in the U.S., uh, it's impossible matchup, and uh, alchemists can never win. So, noted. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, just kidding. I'm just making <laughs> making a little fun of uh, Vince Kirkoff from Strictly the Worst, but. Uh, I don't have great thoughts on this because I've never have been a smoke player. When I played Alchemist, I've always played really uh, Midas, and I can see why he wouldn't want to play into Corsair. All that ball control um, is really bad for him. Um, doesn't like to see it. I think there's more game for smoke, though, than maybe yeah, let on. I, I think if you're trying to eke yeah. out what little bit of edge you can, I would go for smoke. Um, so let's say uh, Brewers. Anything? <laughs> well, wait. So wait, before we do, for Alchemist, though, are there any any particular strategies? Um, I mean, you have with if you are playing smoke, obviously, like using the distance, getting the conditions on the fact that smoke can teleport. So even if she does get dragged in and gets beaten on a little bit by um, Corsair, yeah, she gets out. So I think it's a really, it is definitely playing that denial game using the fact that uh, Corsair is no better against conditions than any other model. So uh, letting it tick down on it, Um, you know, one thing to be careful for for that I've caught a lot of uh, alchemists on is uh, don't just throw out like, uh, AOEs willy-nilly on him because he can drag you through your own AOE and catch you on fire or poison you or whatever. <laughs> so. Good call. Good, good call. So All right. any last things on uh, Alchemist before we move on to Brewers? Jared? Um, I guess the only thing I would mention is with the condition damage, you could maybe take advantage of killing the Siren. They're low health. You probably want to target some of the models like Hag or uh, Smoke's ability to spread the condition and maybe protect your, your long-ranged with a compound model uh, with the counter charge and the glut mat. Um, but the problem is I don't think you'd want to bring in uh, that catalyst uh, just due to the fact the intensifiers wouldn't do that much damage against tough hide. Um, I don't know. It's a sticky situation. I think it's a tough tough 
tough matchup. But you probably want to go smoke yeah, I for think sure. Vet cat does not work well into him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like. I'd, I'd rather have regular catalyst. I think he kind of. I, I don't know. He can. He could do a decent amount of damage and reposition Corsair into bad places. Eternal combustion. So it's kind of cool. I don't know. I'd like. I'd like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when I have played my alchemist, he's been like. I mean, he's like just a big so. Um, and he really loves to see models that he can like smack that top of the So, so um, on Brewers, I say take as much tough hide as you can. Tapper, Hooper, uh, Stave. Okay, maybe Stave. not as much as you can. Uh, but uh. <laughs> uh, be sure you keep Spigot out of range, uh, or at least behind your line, so that. Uh, yes. He's not an easy kill for Corsair because if I'm playing Corsair against a Brewer, I am looking for Spigot. I think it's pretty safe to say if Corsair goes into Spigot and kills him, there's a good chance the Corsair player is winning the game. If Spigot gets oh. to go into Corsair after he's been, you know, knocked down and under commanding war, then there's a good chance that the Corsair player is. Um, right. Because. Yeah, one does a ton of damage and uh, can eat through the uh, tough hide, and the other one, you know, just kills Spigot because Spigot dies easily and is also yeah. quite vulnerable to the actual drag himself. And uh, Mash is a great ball killer because don't forget that you do need to kill the ball against Corsair. Yep. Otherwise, Grayscales and Sakana will just come in and score goals. Okay. Um, any. So, I mean, I think taking tough hide, that kind of strategy of jamming yourself down um, is definitely uh, important. And I, I guess the big thing here is since brewers don't necessarily have the same tools um, in regards to, like, preventing the drag, you don't have high defense, as many high defense model Friday, basically. Um, and you don't have, um, you don't have, like, other tools to discourage the drag. I think one thing I know that uh, some people have been using for is, is definitely Hemlock. Hemlock has seen a big resurgence, and I think she would be really good, obviously. Uh, the blind is helpful um, into... I mean, because... Yeah, uh, blind is a, big a, bl a, a blinded Corsair is not doing nearly as much, and oh, no. he's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, because I think once he gets blinded, he's not really threatening tapper too much so then tapper can go ahead and like you know just kill him so um yeah i think it, it's it's about managing the threat and making sure that you don't get a player isolated out you know either using blocking um or you know forcing him to spend too many resources so if he's having to sprint and then drag in tapper um and then only get two three momentum you know, as long as Tapper gets a chance to respond in kind without getting another activation of getting hit, you're going to be fine. Like, Tapper's not going to die from three attacks, or not even get threatened from three attacks, so, you know, he can go ahead and, uh, and counter. So, um, I think it's about just making sure you don't get pulled out and lose, like, key models, like, obviously, like, Spig, etc. Um, excellent. That's Brewers. So, uh, next on the list is Butchers. Does anybody have anything for um, I, I kind of do, but Jared, do you have anything uh, specific? Um, I guess uh, the most success I've had is maybe using a fillet uh, to get into Corsair, just due to the fact he doesn't really have a great counterattack when it comes to getting her out of position. Uh, so you're probably playing mm -hmm. that game of who can get into who first. Um, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, so and, yeah, uh, I definitely... Swift oh, Stance plays big into that also, because yes. Swift Stance, you can use it more than once per turn. It's not like a super great use of influence, but it puts your generally fours up to fives and your fives up to sixes, and that is pretty hurting for Corsair. Definitely. Um, I also, th- yeah, I think definitely going for the, uh, for the fillet, you know, all in on fillet, uh, is a good plan like obviously if you have the ball getting the ball to flay using the ball to dodge up and get in range and then charge in and do your thing after being tooled up and swift stanced um like that's all your influence basically but that will you know fillet will put out a lot of reliable damage on corsair should be able to get the into the next turn and then go ahead uh, you know and kill him um she doesn't one round him but she she gets pretty close uh with decent dice um and like you said his his uh counterattack isn't particularly great against her the only thing it does is forces her potentially to take a momentous result instead of if she doesn't have momentum instead of um instead of the blood rain uh, unless she obviously hits the top of her playbook and gets some um but yeah going it all in on fillet is probably the best option that you have because as butchers you are glass cannons you know you do a lot of damage but you also die easily and corsair loves to kill models at around that like 4-1 um 14 stat line. like that's a good stat line i mean obviously he likes squishier models too but that's a good solid stat line for him to work on um right so, so yeah i um... definitely go yeah so i was gonna say just last thing the thing to keep in mind though is that corsair does out threat fillet unless she is using quick foot on herself or has the ball um, or gets quick timed from uh, Veteran Biscuit, but then she's still spending uh, activation. And so you kind of have to uh, get that swift stance out and then be in threat range. Like, there's no, you know, like, there's no uh, trying to out-threat him, really, unless, again, you have the ball. Um, but, like, once she swift stance, dodge her up with uh, quick time and put her in threat range. If Corsair is going to go for that, like, sixes, you know, it's, I mean, unless it's going to be game-ending for you, that could be game ending for him if he goes for the sixes and you know misses it um because he only has he only has two chances to do so most likely so um next we have engineers for this i would say they have a really i would say strong game into corsair because of their abundance of tough hide and just simply their uh, ability to tool up twice really breaks through his tough hide and stoic uh they just generally have a decent number of tools into them that when said, you say tool do when not, you say tool uh, up, feed oh, sorry, go ahead. yes definitely when you said tool up twice are you talking about playing pit vice into corsair no no i mean uh playing ratchet and hoist both gives you the option oh, sure, of sure, sure. Up two different models that's fair i've never used uh tooled up on both of them in the same turn but but yeah that's fair that is this is definitely an option that you have on the table um, i've been on the receiving end of that it. once and it was not <laughs> <laughs> well so wait what models were tooled up then like obviously ballista one of them yeah it was a uh, ballista and i think colossus but okay that's not i mean it's not the worst um i like colossus for settings but you can still do right. um okay yeah i think a little bit more on that for engineers I actually do think that uh, Pinvice can play into Corsair. It's a very risky game, but I have played once or twice doing it. And uh, she, you know, if she gets her set up, if she gets the ball and she's able to utilize the you know ball in her legendary for a bajillion inches of threat and gets the overclocked 
uh, you know, deletion uh, tooled up. She can, on pretty decent dice, if not outright kill him, get him very, very low, um, and then kill him turn two. Um, yeah. But but yeah, but it is definitely a definitely a high risk, high reward. Anyway, ballista though you can play. I definitely think you could play the uh, the ranged game into him and have a decent. Shot the one thing I will say though is like he can he can play a good ball game against you and engineers um, do have a lot of control, close control for sure and you know have models like Vossi but you don't kill him super fast either um, your damage is is kind of in the same kind of play I mean you have access to tooled up but like you end up with similar kinds of damage output because the damage on the engineers is typically a little bit higher up in their playbooks um, and not always momentous not frequently right. momentous um so actually a lineup that i never got a chance to play but really wanted to play into corsair specifically was uh ballista uh mother hoist colossus ratchet and um uh locust and the main reason for that was the using the strategy that we talked about the uh the drag blockers but instead using double stoic models as drag blockers and just forming, um, you know, gun line of doom because you have destructive impulse that you can uh, shoot twice if you want to trooper rep it from hoist. If not, you also have, um, you know, tooled up and blasters. So you have lots of movement debuffs and repositioning that you can put on Corsair and damage at range that's momentous. Um, and, you know, Ballista's Deadbolt and Minefield and all that stuff. So, like, you can just play this weird denialy game where you don't do anything for the first couple of turns while you're just shooting, and Corsair really can't easily pick you out because he gets to go in on two Stoic models, one of them with 3-2 with Reanimate, and the other and um, the other one with, uh, you know, 2-2 two, two and uh, Tough Hide and 20 boxes. So nothing he wants to go into. For sure. All right. Um, Fisherman, uh, just be better than the other player. There's not really a lot you well, can go into well, the mirror. <laughs> here's the question: Can uh, you can Shark play into it, or does he get completely hosed? In my opinion, I think uh, the Corsair player is advantage because they can almost match the ball play, but they also have a lot more option into the uh, the kill. Um, sure. Yeah, the kill. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts as well. I would I'd be interested to see what would happen if you played this weird shark lineup that was um, shark mascot. Doesn't really matter which one. Uh, I'm probably tentacles because blind. Um, shark tentacles. Uh, Jack. Um, Sakana. What was the other one? Uh, Grayscales and um, Avarice and Greed. And played basically like kind of you play Corsair's like kind of general game plan and, you know, do a little bit of fighting. But you like basically go and do this three players going in on the ball hardcore and going for goals. And while he's defending against that, you get your you snipe your one or two kills with Avarice and Greed. Um, using like Jack to kind of protect him, and obviously they will definitely die. Um, but like I don't know, something there. Anyway, that was when I was you know theory crafting that I was gonna go and play Shark at SteamCon, but I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I'll leave that to Cr- to Chris if he wants to try it. Out. Um, I say we uh, move on to Hunters. Sure. I don't really have any <sighs> weird uh, fish strats outside of that. Hunters is so rough. I think you have to use Theron and try to take advantage of uh, Pent. Um, but even then, I just don't feel like you've got 
the burst uh, to be able to take out Corsair that easily. I wonder if they're a team that would um, want to utilize Avarice and Greed just for that situation because I do feel like that's Hunter's worst matchup is a, a Corsair. Probably. Oh, go for it, Chris. Uh, just real quick, um, I realized this in a tournament game a month or so back. Uh, do not play Vet Hearn and do uh, Corsair because his first two buck, his first two playbook results are just non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> Is it momentous one damage and uh, momentous knockdown? <laughs> uh, one damage, non-momentous, oh, uh, momentous, momentous knockdown, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, momentous tackle. It's just. Sure. A matter of you go in unless you've already got momentum, you're getting knocked down, and his activation is wasted. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't played too much Fethern, but yeah, that uh, that would make him sad. Um, going back to your point, Jared, I definitely think it's not a great matchup for Hunters by any means, and Avarice and Greed may be helpful there. I also thought that maybe Hemlock um, and playing and basically using uh, original Hearn. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say using using Theron um, to you know do the pin and snipe and whatnot, um, and then uh, forcing Corsair basically to go in and try to drag him immediately. Otherwise, you threaten Zarola just midnight, offering him back to safety or to relative safely at least. Um, and then um, you know just waiting for him to come in a little bit and waiting for a time when Hearn can jump in um, to a force that you've thrown down and you know get the single doubt and um, you know skewered or whatnot on some damage and stuff onto him and then Jcar Jcar can definitely kill him when, if set up um, to do so like it's just not him not dying in return so it's like a very cagey you have to really like play that uh, control perfectly and it's like super tough to do um i had a player uh uh brendan uh sorry brandon uh newhouse was uh playing hunters and he was doing a really great job with that like super controlled denial like you're not going to get to spend any influence on attacks but like you can only do that so long before you mess up and then you get caught so it's a very hard game plan to stick to so yeah. <laughs> Looking through the cards also, just real quick, um, Fahad with Nimble, that's a great blocker. Um, sure. I think, yeah, as you said, Hemlock, she's great with Blind. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on. Excellent. Uh, moving on. Okay, so moving on, uh, you can take this one away. It's Mason's. Nope, we did that. Yep. Mason's already uh, done. Oh, we already did that one? It's yep. been a while. I've... <laughs> <laughs> I've been rambling for that long, that's for sure. Okay. Well, then, uh, we did Mortician, so uh, all that's left is the Union. Um, I think Union... Uh, well, we forgot Farmers and Blacksmiths, but that's okay. Neither. Well, they're new, have... so... That's fair, yeah. And I have played Blacksmiths, but I definitely want... There's so much awesome, cool stuff they still have yet. To... Um, but with Union, I think... Vet Rage uh, in the Corsair game. I mean, there's definitely a game there, um, but Vet Rage can kill Corsair for for certain. So um, it's about making sure, you know, Vet Rage doesn't ever get isolated and taken apart or that his team doesn't get isolated and taken apart, that he's able to go in with his team and use his insane damage yeah, output. <laughs> he's got a really... I think he's got a pretty good game into Corsair. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> He wants to. Uh, I, in fact, I, I think he has enough of a good game that the fish player drops shark uh, into you. Probably, but, yeah. So, but yeah. Um, 
Go for it. I think we've covered that topic about as much as we possibly can. Uh, (laughs) Let's get on to our Straight from the Wank Dungeon segment. Yes, Straight from the Wank Dungeon, we have some, uh, you know, fresh, horrible questions of people, and we will answer them, or maybe not answer them, uh, or just make fun of people um, for (laughs) asking. So, our first question comes from uh, Phil Bowen uh, of... Gil Ball tonight infamy, um, and he wants us. He wanted us to answer how terrible Gil Ball tonight is. And all I wanted to say to Phil is that I really enjoy listening to the parts of Gil Ball tonight where Bill Anderson is talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, personally, I really enjoy Gil Ball tonight. It's uh, one of the things that helped get me real deep in uh, Gil Ball. So sure, I I all do. I mean, all like joking aside, is like I definitely recognize that they were, uh, you know, the pioneer of podcasts and definitely got a lot of people in the game. I definitely listened to them a lot when I was uh, first starting, and still do. Still listen to all their episodes, um, even when they're, um, you know, they 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 meander about topics and whatnot. Uh, But that's what happens when you record a bajillion episodes. and go, through, go and go through life stuff. So I can totally end it. So yeah, I personally um, enjoy their views on different models that come out and like them talk about the aesthetic and whether they uh, appreciate the way a model looks. I mean, a lot of times I don't really recognize that sort of thing. So I, don't know, I just kind of find that interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. Nice. That's, um, that's definitely. Oh, good um let's see i'm gonna skip one and we'll get back to it in a minute um kevin wants to know does anyone have a steam con ticket well luckily they delayed event registration for SteamCon us so that more people can buy tickets so if you haven't heard tomorrow at i think 11 o'clock est um 10 o'clock cst etc um there will be 50 more steam con tickets released out there so if you haven't got a ticket to go um yeah get on that um, because we will not give you steam. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> At least not without some like serious favors. So, um, excellent. Go for it. Does anybody else have the list of questions? Bring one up. Um, the next one up. I think the big one I wanted to touch on was uh, top three uh, captains uh, asked by Alex Bot. Ah, yes, I was. I, that's the one I had skipped over to say. Perfect. Uh, let's let's chat. So we were asked to rank our top three captains and to do it independently before we um, discussed it on the cast. So I already have my three um, like set to go. So uh, you guys, if you want to take your Jeopardy minute to uh, think of them, if you haven't already, and then no, uh, I can go off good? the fly. Go so, for it. Um, to me, I think top three captains for me is Honor, because she's got a huge toolbox, and her first two playbook results have almost everything you could ever ask for. Uh, Veteran Rage, I feel like his ability to buy attacks from other models is really uh, hard to like predict what your all the options that your opponent has and um either uh for released captains i'll say uh corsair just because of as we've discussed uh for so long okay um all right i'll so go into mine go for it Jay. i also pick corsair uh, of course i lean more towards a control aspect um and i kind of looked at it as how they might perform if they played for another team um so i just looked at 
the overall card and what he brings to the table. Uh, obviously, I'm picking Obulus. Um, I just love the legendary. I love the shadow-like, the two-inch. Um, I know he's got poor tack value, but um, I do love Puppet Master and just some of the crazy shit that I've been able to pull off with him over the last year or so. And then the third one is kind of maybe not quite what you'd considered uh, most powerful, but also like Ballista, uh, just due to the fact of uh, momentous inspiration, uh, range knockdown. Um, I, I like his new uh, playbook uh, that they brought out this season, and I kind of feel like he's underrated at times when it comes to being a damage dealer off the playbook. Uh, so that's my top three. All right, excellent. So I also have a top three pretty similar, but I will say um, that there were that this was a, a tough one because there was a couple. I think all the ones that you said also made my list at some point, and I just had to go and cut them. I also was mindful of the fact that I didn't want us to percent uh, agree, um, and I we haven't, although we have similar things. So I would definitely give an honorable shout-out to Ballista. Um, love Ballista. Been played much Engineers earlier uh, early in the year, and Ballista was the go-to. Um, he yeah, he's just so versatile. Goal scoring, killing. He needs to be set up. He can't just do it on his own um, when it comes to the killing. Uh, but he has so much control on top of the fact kill and scores and control balls and that stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's really awesome. But did not make my top three. My top three uh, are Veteran Rage. Uh, Veteran Rage is very good. He does one of the highest one of the highest damage outputs in the game. Um, especially, I mean, and given the right circumstances, can get a bajillion damage um, because Red Fury is just an incredibly flexible uh, skill uh, character play rather to uh, have, and it makes him good not only personally but also just like turning his team. Um, on top of that, the fact that he has this like weird uh, he has pretty average captain stats, but the fact that he is has uh, rising anger and the fact that if you don't just kill him, he just kills you. Uh, makes him like a really hard like you really have to you really have to like commit and make sure that you are going to kill him before he makes a significant number of attacks or his team makes a significant number of attacks because otherwise uh yeah he's uh he he's gonna kill you so like that's uh that's a big threat my second one is definitely corsair i think um he is a very you know flexible model he can play a lot of different game styles part of this is um, like the team that's around him, I think. Um, I think while Fish may not have necessarily like all stars, they have so many solid players and so many versatile players that you know don't do necessarily a ton of damage or a ton of X Y Z, but they're like they're really good all rounders. Um, my my favorites being Sakana uh, and Jack. Um, they just get so much done, uh, scoring goals, uh, setting stuff up generating momentum around resetting scrums etc but anyway with that corsair just makes all his models into even better throat goal threats as well as um utilizes them to the crap so um very good lots of control and good um and very flexible at the same and then my last one that i put on there um they may call me german after this but i actually put hammer on the list uh honor was another honor was another honorable mention uh huh like nope there um <laughs> but uh like i do favor honor overall and i think they are both very good captains and i don't know if i would say honor is probably better in some ways but i think in this current meta um hammer has a lot of really good matchups 
um, and a lot of matchups that people think like they can deal with him because he has a static threat range, but he is very hard to deal with because in this kind of like denially, very fighty, control like controlled, measured game plan, he is one of the hardest captains to kill him, along with the other you know, 18 box, 3-1 captains, but he's a little bit harder because he also has stoic um, and he has a really good counterattack, uh, etc. He also does, like, the most damage per attack of, like, or has the potential to do most damage per attack of, like, any of the captains, um, basically, and somebody might tell me I'm wrong on this and do the math, but I've done, I, I, and it's, uh, if so, I'm then sure, um, but I, I like, roughly, ha- like, edged out the fact that he just has the natural inbuilt if there's any of your models within six with an influence he gets plus one damage um is just puts his damage so high especially in a faction that gets access to a very reliable singled out decent amount of crowd outs and tooled up um so he can just put out so much damage and he does it so reliably because he knocks people down like crazy pushes them around knock back etc um and on top of that on top of all damage and damage he can take and damage he can do he also has um like a 19 inch goal threat um on five influence and you know with even more if he dodges but like 19 inch go and get the ball and score goal threat um, yeah, he's just really like all, he's like an all star. So yeah, hammer it is. All right, I think uh, that's a sufficient number of questions. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I want one one more last oh, okay. question, uh, real quick. Is there a problem that is not solved by get good? And that was asked by uh, <laughs> JS. Is there a problem that's not solved by getting good? I'll let uh, Jared take this one first. <laughs> Champion of get good. Uh, probably explaining how to kill Corsair in a satisfactory way where people won't con- uh, complain about it being secret tech. <laughs> so that, that, you're saying that problem is not solved by getting good? At gotcha. There you you go. just you kill probably, him and you probably get should. good and you score 12. <laughs> Just kill him, score 12 <laughs> points, get good. That is the answer. That is the takeaway message of this episode um, in how to beat Corsair. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So thanks, for thanks guys, for the discussion. Uh, and um, as always, please give us feedback. Uh, we have our Facebook episode, uh, f- Facebook episode, Facebook page, up now which is anatomical precision search it on facebook um it'll also be up in the in the show notes we are on podbean we are on itunes now um we have an updated logo which you'll see with this uh with the publishing of this cast which is really awesome some shout out to uh my good friend josh who isn't a gamer so i don't know why i'm shouting him out but he did the artwork for this uh <laughs> podcasts uh, for our new logo so that's pretty awesome uh so hit us up on facebook on uh gmail anatomical precision at gmail.com uh let us know things we can improve etc etc and look forward to more podcasts from us soon because we are all going to be in the same location in two days and i have a mic that i can bring so uh we may make so awesome all right thank you for listening have a good one (laughs) bye